So I want to spend a few minutes now and do a deeper dive into the Lashon Hara that Daik spoke and some of the things that Chazal say about it as well as learn out from it. The learning tonight should be Eschosli Linishmas Yecheskel Shraga Ben Avon Yehuda. So from an innocent reading of the Pasuk, a straight Pasha Pshat reading of the Pasuk, it doesn't seem like Daik did anything that bad. After all, Shaul calls out his servants for hiding information from him and seeming to collude with David and help him escape. And so Dai complies with the wishes of Shaul by telling him innocently what he observed, what he saw, happened at Nov. But yet Chazal say, look a little deeper at the psukim and how Daig speaks, and you'll see the evil intent that is in his mind and how he's inciting and baiting Shaul to go after and attack the people of Nov. Because Daig changes the order of events of what actually happened. Really, Achimelech first finds David or is, greets David when he arrives in the city hungry and unarmed. He feeds him, he arms him, and it's only later on that he asks the Urmetumim on David's behalf and finds out that David is running away from Shaul. But when Doig describes it, Doig changes the order. And we talked about this. The Kliyakar says that Doig changed the order. First he said that he asked in the Urmetumim, and then he fed him and he armed him, as if to tell Shaul that he knew all along that he was helping and aiding and abetting your enemy. Why did he do this? So the Gemara in, in Yushalmi Sanhedrin tells us that Doyek was upset when David came to Nov and he saw the Kayanim were baking and kneading the bread of the Lechem upon him on Shabbos based on Doyek's psak. So David showed them from the psukim that it was really Aser, that that preparation of the Lechem upon him had to be done before Shabbos. And Doyek was angry that David upstaged him and David overruled him. And so, he, being upset at David and being upset at the Kahanim of Nov, the Gemara says he immediately went and told Shaul what the people of Nov did. And the Kliyakar adds that had Daeg told Shaul the order and the way that it happened, Shaul would not have reacted the same way. Because Shaul knew that Klai Yisrael are Gamli Chasadim and Rachmanim. When someone shows up at your city starving and unarmed and need, in need of assistance, Klai Yisrael, it's in their DNA, they're going to help. They're going to feel sorry for such a person and help him. So the fact that Achimelech fed and armed David was not such an Avera by itself. It's only later on that he discovered that he was helping Shaul's enemy when he asked him to him. So Daig changed it around so it should appear that all along Achimelech knew he was helping Shaul's enemy. And in that way, even the assistance of food and, and arming him that he provided was being married by Machos, was, was an act of rebellion on Achimelech's part. And therefore Achimelech was responsible for everything. And that way, he made Shaul angry enough that Shaul would go and attack the city of Nov. And this is an example of something we find where you have episodes or personalities in Tanakh. When you read the Pesukim on a partial level, just the Torah Shabal Peh, it doesn't seem so bad or it doesn't seem so good. And yet, when you dive into Torah Shabal Peh and you read the Mepharshim, you learn, you get a full flavor of what the episode or what the personality was all about. I believe I mentioned Bilam as an example a classic example from Parshas Balak, where if you just read the Pesukim, he doesn't seem like such a bad guy. He asks permission from Hashem to follow the servants of Balak, and every time Balak instructs him to curse Klai Yisrael, he says that he can only repeat what Hashem puts in his mouth. He seems like a pretty upstanding guy. And yet, when you read Parachelech in Mesech the Sanhedrin, you learn what a tremendous Russia he was, and why he was punished, why he had such a bad punishment. Similarly, Nebuchadnezzar is another personality, where if you read the Pesukim, so especially in Sefer Daniel, he doesn't seem like such a bad guy. He praises HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He has a recognition of Hashem. He treats Daniel fairly, or what appears to be fairly, from the Psukim. 
It's only when you read Torah Shabbat and you see what a terrible rush on Nebuchadnezzar really was. Uh, on the opposite side, an example of someone who appears to be bad in the Pesukim would be Penina, the first wife, the, the wife of Elkanah that we learned back in Parak Aleph, the second wife of Elkanah, who teases from the Pesukim, seems to tease and make Chana feel bad, and to the point where Chana cries and, upset, and, and, and upsets Chana. And for the Pesukim, it seems like Penina was a terrible person doing a terrible thing. And yet the Mepharshim tell us that Penina really acted L'Shem Shemayim. It's beyond the scope of this discussion as to why she was punished, but be that as it may, we, we, we discussed that in a, previous, in a previous recording, but basically, the Mepharshim tells us that Penina was actually acting L'Shem Shemayim. She was trying to get Chana either to do tshuva or to get Chana to daven harder, but the point being is that you need Tarah Shabbat to clarify for you exactly what happened in that Maisa. And similarly over here with Doyeg, if you just read Doyeg from the Pesukim, it doesn't seem like a bad guy, but when you dive deeper and you look at the uh, you'll see what he was really all about. Similarly, the Gemara in Sanhedrin tells us that previously when Doyek tells Shaul, when Shaul's looking for someone to play the harp to soothe his melancholy, so Doyek reports about David and describes David. And the Gemara tells us that the reason why Doyek goes on and on about David's qualities and David's talents is really that Doyek wanted to make Shaul jealous of David to the point where Shaul would chase after him and kill him. And Doyek is successful there too. He causes, he plants the seeds of the jealousy that Shaul eventually has for David. And that's what Doeg was all about. He used his words to incite Shaul, to bait Shaul, to go after either David Amalek, or in this case here, the Kehanim of the city of Noph. Rabbi David Cohen in his Sefer Old David deals with the question that I mentioned by the Shir, which was, how could Doeg feel justified in saying the Lashon Hara? After all, as the Av Bezdin, he was most certainly aware of the Isser of Lashon Hara, so what was, he, what was his rationalization? So based on a Targum Yonasan, on the Pasuk that says about not allowing Ammon and Mayav to marry into Klai Yisrael, so the Pasuk there says that if a Mayavi goes and converts to, to Yiddishkeit, e- even though he converted, we still have a Chiyav to hate him, and the Pasuk of Ahavtal Rechah does not apply to Mayavi even if he converts, because he's not allowed to. So Doyeg may have thought based on the same logic. Remember, Doig is the one who believes that it's mayavi umayavis, that even a, a female mayavi is not allowed to convert. And therefore, Rus was usher to marry into Klai Yisrael. So Rus's descendants are similarly usher to marry into Klai Yisrael. So Doig may have felt, the Isra of saying Rechilus does not apply to someone who's excluded from Amecha, which he held, David HaMelech, was excluded from Amecha, and therefore it's possible that's why he felt okay, saying Lashon Hara about David. However, it does still leave a little bit of a kasha because part of Lashon Hara was also about Achimelech and the Kehanim of Nov, and that does not seem to be addressed by this Teretz. Now let's move on to some of the halachas of Lashon Hara that we learn out from this Maisa. So one of the things that we learned out in Doig, this Maisa of Doig is held up as one of the main examples of someone who speaks Lashon Hara, and therefore we learn several halachas out from it. One of the halachas that the Kesef Mishnah brings down is that we know we're familiar with Rechilas, right? Rechilas is when you go over, when Shimon goes to Reuven and says, hey Reuven, you know what Levi said about you? That's the classic example of Rechilas. Kesef Mishnah learns out from our story where Doyeks tells Shaul what Achimelech did even though Achimelech did not mean to offend Shaul, he had no idea he was aiding and abetting Shaul's enemy, but nevertheless, Doyeg's statement was considered rechilas. 
Doeg was not allowed to tell what Achimelech had done, even though Achimelech had not meant any harm by it. So he learns out from there that Shimon is not allowed to tell Reuven something that Levi did against Ruvain, even though it was completely harmless and Levi had no bad feelings towards Ruvain, it's still considered Rechilas to repeat it over. Nachla Shimon points out that we also learn from Doyeg, the mice of Doyeg, that the Isra of Lashon Hara applies even if you tell the truth, even if you repeat something that really happened or something that's true about the person, it's still considered Lashon Hara. And even though we said that Doyeg misconstrued and his his witness and his telling over of the events was inaccurate, but still the essence of what he said was true, and therefore we learn out from there that uh, it, Lashon Hara applies even if you're telling the truth. Gemara in Erechin brings down, in Daf Tezvav Al-Medbez, that the, what makes the Isra of Lashon Hara so bad is that it causes the death of three people, the speaker, the listener, and the subject of the Lashon Hara. In fact, in our case, it caused the death of actually four people. It not only causes the death of Doyeg, Shol, and Achimelech, but it also causes the death of Avner, Shol's general, who the Yerushalmi in Peya says was held responsible for failing to stop Shol from killing the Kehanim in Noiv. So this Lashon Hara actually resulted in the death of four people. Finally, the Chafetz Chaim learns out from this Maisa that you're not allowed to tell Lashon Hara or Rechilus even if you're under tremendous pressure to do so, and even if the person telling you to do so is, a, is, a, is in a position of authority, for example, a parent or a melech, because you see here that Doig was responsible for saying Lashon Hara, even though he was ordered by the king, right? It was clearly the desire of the king to hear anyone who had any information about David. And under that pressure, Doig responds, nevertheless, Doig was held responsible and punished for speaking Lashon Hara. So says the Chavetz Chaim, you see from here, that you're not allowed to say over the Lashon Hara, even if it's a person of authority who's pressuring you to do so.